Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. When it comes to footwear on the course, our friends at Cobra Puma Golf are without peer. And they've certainly taken comfort to another level with the new Alpha Cat Nitros. The Alpha Cat Nitros continue to raise the bar in spikeless golf shoe technology, creating a fashion forward design with exceptional cushioning through its innovative nitro foam material. As worn on tour by our man, David Michaluzzi, the Alpha Cat Nitros provide structure and support during both the swing and while walking with its alpha traction sole worthy of a wide variety of turf and weather conditions. And true to form for all Puma kicks, a unique form stripe external heel counter looks cool and wherever the shoes are worn. The Alpha Cat Nitro shoes are available in six different colors in the laced model and four colors in the disc model. So for more information on the Nitros or to take a look at these for yourself, visit www.cobragolf.com. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the 19th Tee Podcast. Rude's with you for tonight's episode, and I am very pleased to welcome back for the second time a two-time All-Australian, um, a premiership defender for the Melbourne Demons, Kieran Marsh's beloved Melbourne Demons, by the way, who's unfortunately not with us tonight. For the second time, welcome back to the 19th Tee. Stephen May, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good, mate. Thanks for having me. It's... uh. Lots happened since the last the last episode, so um, yeah, it has. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, well, mate, there's plenty to unpack, but I guess we probably should mention just as as you know, we were chatting about before we hit record that it is the end of preseason training, and I mean, bloody hell, it's the 19th of February, and before you know it, games will be here. You guys might have even played over the weekend. Did you play Richmond over the we weekend? We played uh, yesterday. Actually, yes. we played Richmond in a um, seven-quarter game. Yes. So uh, it's just sort of like the sort of your um, starters play maybe three and a four, three to four, four quarters, and then um, yeah. the sort of guys, up-and-coming guys, and um, maybe guys from the VFL trying to yep. find out for a list spot or prove themselves. So um, it's very competitive game. Like you've got some older guys out there who are – trying to get a run in their legs and shake off some rust. And um, <laughs> and then you've got these young eager guys who are just, you know, this is their chance to prove themselves or put their hand up for round one or so. Um, it's always it's always an um, interesting match. Um, but yeah. Which one are you? I'm in the uh, older group. <laughs> uh, 30, I'm 32 now. So um, I played three quarters on the weekend. So yeah. got three quarters out. Was a bit rusty, dropping marks, missing kicks. Um it's not like I haven't been like we've been training flat out, yeah. but the game, the when you play an actual intri- like a practice match against another opposition, it's just different. The pressure goes up and the heat in the game goes up a bit, and um, that's what that's why we have these games. So um, get that out of the way before opening round. <laughs> What's preseason like? I mean, it's an open ended question, right? Because you know, I think everyone's got this image in their head of you know we'll leave the footies at home for the first six weeks, boys, and we're we're doing bloody running up hills and sand hills and beep tests. So there's it probably an element of that, that that's true. But what's, you know, can you run us through what a preseason kind of looks like? Because I imagine it's it's brutal, right? Everyone talks about how brutal it is, and I'm sure it's exactly that. Yeah, mate. It's, um, I mean, going to the days of those sort of things, the big running sessions, like sure. From day one, you're doing footy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You do your time trial on the first day and then, and then you're into the footy games. But 
the drills like don't go for very long. You're still doing about maybe the first week you're doing three times a week. So you, you probably do about eight to 10 Ks. And mm-hmm. then the next week it goes to about 10 to 12. And then it sort of just stays around 12 to 13 for the next few weeks. But the, the drills start picking up and um, you start doing more match sim. You start doing big handball games with low numbers. So it's a lot of running. You're not allowed to kick. Um, then Jeez. the running. Yeah. Then you, so you get that stuff out. You probably get about six, seven Ks of training out and then you just got running after. So that's when it's brutal because the footies go away and you're just lining up on the line and you don't know what you have. You know, you got your um, fitness boss who's just been a prick really. Um, <laughs> he's just going. You sort of ask him how long you have, like, how long do we have to do this? He's like, I'll tell you when you get there, like that sort of shit. So thanks very much. Um, yeah, we do some hill sprints on the Saturday morning, but they they only go for an hour, so it's not too bad. But yeah, man, it's like playing three games a week, um, like as in a game load. We sort of get maybe yeah three games a week. I my game load, um, so you can imagine the body's just rattled, and then yeah. get into season, and it's you know you have your main session once a week, and that's like six Ks yep. and then the game you might do 12, 13 Ks, 14 Ks on a big day. Yep. And then you get the rest of the week to recover. Whereas preseason it's one day off, bang, Monday, Wednesday, Friday flog. So I, I'm very happy and it, it, it affects my golf though. Like yeah, three main sessions a week and you're trying to turn up to play on a Thursday morning or Saturday Arvo and you're just feeling cactus. So um, yeah. <laughs> maybe you got to, maybe you got to let, you know, the coaching staff know that, Hey guys, this is this is affecting my hobby. Yeah, no, they know. I'll let them know about it. <laughs> they don't so, give a shit at all. Do they? they don't give a shit. No. <laughs> uh, let's talk golf. I mean, there's been a lot. To your point, there's been a lot happened since the last time that we <laughs> that we spoke. But I do want to start with a victory that you had in the John Daly Cup. Yes. I believe about time uh, was. Yeah. I think you posted something along the lines of that. Maybe for those who don't remember what the John Daly Cup is. Give us a give us the the elevator pitch and then take us to to the scenes that happened on the uh, I'm assuming the 18th green if everyone made it that far. Yeah. Um, so the John Daly Cup, um, in true John Daly fashion, um, it is about it's a Stableford comp, mm. um, but it's or you also every can that you finish. So it's Carlton Drafts our official beer. Mm-hmm. Um, these red cans, every can you finish, you squash it and put it in a bag, and that's a point. So if you have 13 beers and you have 30 points, you're not, there'll be 43 points. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I set a record this year with 51 points. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've How much of that was golf? Yeah, no, no. So I had 37 points. Okay. Um, yeah. So 37 points, which is, I think, off this, what did I play off? I played, I had seven over, I think, off the Yeah, stick. I was going to say, roughly, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous given that, like, you can't see the ball in the back nine, really. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, yeah, so everyone, handicaps range from, I think I was the lowest of about seven, maybe. Yeah. Um, everyone gets it. I think I was off six or five at the time, but they give you, like, two shots each because they know it's going to be tough. And yeah. um, and that range all the way to, like, 32. So some guys just, they get, they get so. So the plan is you try and play the best golf you can. If you don't score that hole, you try and scull a beer so you get a point anyway yeah. rather than having a wipe. And that plan goes pretty well until about the eleventh tee, mm. and you're just starting to feel it in your guts, and you're like, mm. uh, "Do I do I focus on my golf, or do I drink more beers?" Or like, you try and you try and be smart with it. Like, if you if you're having a shocking down the course, you just start drinking beers, and you don't really care. But if you're playing half decent, you're kind of like, "Oh, 
maybe I should slow down. So yeah. it's been a very, I think it's my fourth John Daly and I've, I've been in the top three every year. Um, second last year on the last hole, which was a lot of controversy. The guy yes. that I played, Alex Brown, he used to play for the Essendon Bombers back in, you know, probably six, seven years ago now. And um, he, he was about, he was going to wipe the last hole and he sculled three beers on the last fairway to beat me. And I did, I was playing the hole out. So I didn't actually see that he was doing that. And I could only really make three points for a birdie. So he's just pretty much down to birdie. Yeah. And um, I've lost on that. And I was filthy because I was actually playing golf. But anyways, don't get bitter, get better. I, um, That's right. I came back next year and and I won it with, I had my, I had my beers, but I also played good golf. So um, yeah. mate, it was, it's a special day and you, you get um, I should have brought my jacket in actually. You yes, get a, I was going to ask you, what's the prize? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go and grab it and set yeah. it. And um, it's a jacket, and you all the boys who have passed winners sign it, and then you keep it for the year with the big cup. And it's just yeah, it's a prestigious um thing to win. And and then there's a John Daly dinner every year, similar to the Masters dinner, where just the Lovely. winners get to go. So I'm glad I'm going to be invited to that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a very rowdy day. Um, the golf's not great. Um, yeah, but. To what you touched on before about you're assuming that putt was on the 18th. You're right. It gets to about the 16th hole and um, Michael Hibbert is the commissioner. So he okay. sort of scores. And then sort of the, the guys in contention, maybe top three or four, um, they they keep playing and everyone else just sort of gets in the carts and sort of, you know, yeah. starts putting them off and, you know, <laughs> picking a side who they're trying to hope win and f- help find balls and all that sort of thing. So um, the last three holes are really nervous because you're only playing your group of four. Yeah, the first, you know, fifteen holes, and then all of a sudden, there's three groups. So there's twelve of us, um, and yeah, so everyone's just standing on the tee. They're standing. I think you see the video of me putting on the green, and there's like guys spraying beer on. Yes, me. um, it's pretty distracting. But <laughs> well, um, I, I dare say they're probably not doing that if it's coming down to the wire, though, right? Surely. Well, yeah, Tate Pears, Tate Pears had a putt for bogey, um, with two shots. So that's a three pointer, but he's a long way away. Uh, and I for par with one shot. So um I needed okay. a four three to pretty much seal it because I had about a one point lead. And um he he was taking too long to get to his ball. So I just went up and made my putt and uh, I hold it. And then smart, everyone, he, he sort of ran over and started celebrating with me. He wanted me to win, I think. So um <laughs> now mate, it was uh it was an epic, it was an epic day. It's my favorite day of the year. I wish we could do it more often. <laughs> What's so so you win? Right. Are there celebrations post? Because I suggest you've had quite a long day as it is. Some guys are probably in worse shape than others. I mean, I must commend you as well. I mean, 37 points with uh, 14 beers under the belt is that is an impressive effort. I I, I think that's been kind of lost in the in, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. You haven't just put your eggs in one basket here. You've you've tackled both beautifully. But is there some Post round beers. I mean, by that point, are you looking to move to some sort of vodka lime soda type operator? Uh, or what you... did we get this year? We had um, yeah. You say you finished the Carlton's, which are you know they're starting mm. to get open when they're hot and that by the end of the day. But we we had those solo hard hard solos. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> they just taste like soft drinks. But wow, we yeah. So we went back to Michael Hibbert's house. So I was uh, not going to go because I told the missus I was you know I'd be home by a certain time, and <laughs> I didn't think anyone was going to do anything after because. Some of the guys got kids now, and like yeah. it's early in January, so people have. I think it might have been on a Sunday, so people have stuff on. So, um, but then ended up winning. <laughs> so I said, "Sorry, <laughs> all, darling, all bets to, are off. I've got to go. I've got. I've got. I have to go to acceptance speech. I've got to accept the cup." And 
um, yeah, that didn't go down too well. But no. uh, when I came home in my jacket, and I said, "But like, look, look what I've got on." She she didn't she wasn't too pleased. So yeah, uh, I know. Ah. no regrets. I mean, I, the only and then I'm sure I'm sure it probably didn't make it any better when you explained that you know I've yeah. had I've had 14 beers here and <laughs> then I've had 25 hard solos as well. And yeah, then, no, yeah. The, the post <laughs> the post rounds just as just as good as the game because yes. everyone's just talking about the tops. The shanks, yeah. the how yeah. the guys missing, you know, by the end of the round. It's it's just a bunch of great bunch of blokes, and we do it once a year. We don't see each other a lot throughout the year because everyone's off in different mm-hmm. fields now. And um, yeah, it's but yeah, like I said, it's probably the highlight of the year for me. The place where you probably couldn't drink fourteen beers and play golf was when you played in the uh, the Vic PGA recently. Let's talk about that. I'm sure you're probably uh, yeah, probably not rolling up there and. Pulling the uh, Carlton drafts out of the esky, uh, playing alongside a uh, very good friend of this show, Dave Michaluzzi and uh, Feltz. Yeah, I Jared think it Feldman. was. Yeah, and uh, and Mitch Lewis as well yeah. for my my beloved Hawks. Tell us yeah. about playing in in that event, and then we'll get to the individuals that you played alongside. I mean, that must have been obviously very different to the John Daly Cup, but very special at the same time. It was very different, and it wasn't <laughs> too far after it, too too long after it. So it was a bit um. Yeah, did you wear I, your jacket? I, no, I didn't. I thought I was a bit of a bit of a wank if I did that. But um, I was, mate. I was honestly so nervous because I had this having dreams about my first tee shot, and I was just like thinking, I don't want, you know, I don't want, don't want to top it. I don't. I had the tops at the time, so I was like, I just don't really don't. Do I take iron? I was tempted to just hit iron. Anyways, I played this over my head many times. Um, about two days before, I was went down to the range, you know, just sharpen up. Got the shanks, man. Oh, just no. started shanking it. And I was like, what's going on? I, I can't play. I was about to text the organizer and say, man, I've got to withdraw. I've got a wedding. I was going to make something up. You know, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and I actually did have a wedding on the Saturday. That's why I only played the Thursday, Friday. Not that we missed the cut or anything, but like right. the, I was always only playing two. But anyways, it gets to the get down there I'm on the range and all these guys I watch on the, you know, I was PGA tour, like on, on the Sunday on, on KO and that. I, I was like, warming up next to them and, you know, they've got all the pro Vs on the uh, driving range. You just all, you know, you go on the players' lounge beforehand and like, I don't know, just the whole experience, the scoring, like every three holes, you know, they, yep. they score us what you had. And like just that whole experience was cool. And playing alongside those really good players, obviously Mika and Feltz are, um, you know, very good golfers. And Mitch Lewis is actually a really good golfer as well. But they're also good blokes. So they made it easier for me because they were pretty relaxed. And, you know, so just play a normal game like you normally would. And, um, I get on the first tee and, you know, they're teeing off a lot further back from us. So right. we'd all tee off. And then we'd all be similar on the fairway because they're probably like 40 metres behind us, sometimes more. Mm. Um, um, and then I was saying to Mick, I said, man, I might just hit two on here on the first on the Legends. Like, it's just, mm. it's a par five. Like, I can't get there in two. Like, it's, and he goes, just, just hit drive, mate. Who cares? And I was like, and Mitch Lewis hit two on. So I was like, maybe I should do that. Anyways, I just stopped being a coward, put it in the ground. And ripped it, and I hit the fairway, hit the driver, and I was actually, I think Feltz lost his ball off the tee, actually. So, um, right, hit a provisional off the first. So I was felt a little bit better then yes. because you know I'm playing along this guy who flushes the ball and um, end up making a par on the first. And look, I was just all right. I'm here now, and yeah, I could take a breath. And I was um, so Feltz lost the ball. They made bogey, and then he bogeyed the second or third, and um. So I was beating him off the stick for like the first four holes. And I was thinking, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And um, 
But then by the fifth or sixth hole, he made birdie. I made double, and then we switched around, and that's how it was. But it was good because I was kind of like, oh, he's human. He makes mistakes, and mm. you know, he t- he lost his first tee shot of the day, and um, no, nah, he was such a he was such a uh, legend, and we went we were going pretty good in the um, was sort of like best score per hole as yes. a duo, and then yeah. um. Yeah, and I had a chip in with a shot, which was a net eagle and stuff like that. Like I was yeah, actually cool. helping him at stages. So, um, <laughs> how uh, cool no. is it? Like watching, I don't know how much professional golf you've seen live, right? Because I think on the television, it gets lost how how good these players are, right? And and I, the way I'm playing it out in my head, right? You're a seven handicapper. That is a that's a fucking good golfer. Then you look at Mika, right? And and he's going through an incredible pathway at the minute. But in the grand scheme of world golf, you know, he's in the two, three, four hundreds, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And then like you go to like the next level and you see like a John Rahm or whatever. I went to the President's Cup in 2019 and you see those guys hit it. But just I remember when when I caddied for Mika here at the WA Open and just the sound that the ball makes, it, it's like something that you you don't see just playing golf with your mates at all it's just this completely different sound and i can't really describe it until people go out and watch it live like did you get the sense of that of like holy shit these guys are fucking good <laughs> yeah just yeah just like like the yeah you're right about the sound the sound's a bit daunting like you think what kind of driver do they have you know but they're just yeah. in the middle and um <laughs> but just yeah just just the, and i think the thing with mika was um See, I play with him a bit at PK and yeah. um, just muck around. But like watching him in a tournament and how he actually likes taking it serious. But so we, we had the same shot in, right? We probably had 130 meters and I took a, like a four iron. Um, oh, sorry, not a four iron, sorry, a nine iron. And, um, you know, hit it up high into the wind, sort of came back, was a bit short. Oh, it was an all right shot, but... And then he hit his and he was, he was pretty close. And I was like, oh, what'd you hit there? And he goes, oh, seven iron. I said, what? He goes, I just feel like a chippy seven iron. It was a bit windy, so I just let it punch up. And I'm just like, there's no yeah. way. If I had 130 meters, would I even touch my seven iron? But like throughout the next couple of days, I watched him and how we thought about it and how we'd talk to his caddy, Benji, who's a legend as well. Yes. So, um, And how they would think through shots. And, um, you know, for for our average golfer, we sort of go, oh, 150, seven iron. Or, you yeah, know, whatever it is, we got the club for it. Whereas there's so many more things they take in. If he's in the first cut of rough, Oh, he's not going to get spins, but he might get a fly. So he allows for that. He mm. wants to land it here. So then it rolls up to here. He does, he, this is his miss. He doesn't want like, so there's all these like things that I don't yeah. think about too often. And, um, and then, yeah, he's, he's, he's such a legend. Like he's, he's so humble. And he's like the other day I was at PK and I played pretty bad at like 28 points. And, um, and I was hitting these like steep, well, I just went to King Island and Bamboogle. Yes. And I was punching him into the wind. So I come home and I had this big steep, my irons were just these yuck cuts. And I was like, what's going on? But if we did this little drill on the fit on the hit, cause he didn't play too well. He shot even par, which was shocking for him. Like he was, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, ropeable. And, um, yeah. And, and, uh, he's done this drill for me and fixed my irons. And you know what I mean? He's in, mm. he's, he's, he's playing on the European tour. He's hasn't had a great round. He needs to go down and work stuff, but he's come over to me and he's helping me with my steep irons wing plane. When like, you know what I mean? Like if that's yeah. your job, you wouldn't be, You'd be going, sorry, man, I need to work on my shit. Like, fair yeah. enough, he's got 10 under. He's like, oh, I can help you. But that's the type of bloke he is. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, um, he always is. happy to help. And, and I just found that what I found with him versus, and we're talking about different categories of players, but like 
Mick is obviously on the European tour. He's doing the, like one of the best Aussie golfers at the moment. Um, that's a, that's heading overseas and trying to make it. Um, but then you play with I play with like plus markers at PK and pennant players, and the difference with them is like just their mindset. Like yep. he made a double bogey on this par five. He should birdie nine times out of ten. He was still smiling. He made a joke about himself. Um, you know, he was positive yep. and like that. He carried that onto the next tee. I play with guys off scratch who make a bogey and don't talk for three holes. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, you're off scratch. You're not a plus 10. Like, yep. you're going to make a bogey somewhere. Yeah. And they fully like crack it. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's what I sort of learned the most. Like, obviously, they all can hit the ball, but the mindset and I guess the, um, yeah, I guess the way they can respond to bad shots and and mm. not probably get too high on their um on their good shots and and I saw that he 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 didn't make a putt on the second day and he's such a good putter and I just said to my um, mates because I had to go to the wedding on the Saturday I said if Mika putts well tomorrow he's gonna win it mm. and then I was at the wedding I was checking the scores and he was coming and I was like and then I went and went down on Sunday hung over after the wedding and watched him the last. <laughs> Six, seven holes, him and um, Kabori. Yeah. He's, he's a gun. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was he played well and he ended up hitting that three wood over the over this fairway bunker, which he everyone else would have laid up before, but he went after it. And, mate, I was just like, this is when everyone's following, the galleries out, you know, Fox Sports are out in force. Mm. Um, yeah, and he had the smile on his face still. He And you know what? He wasn't hitting it good on the last day. He was – I didn't see him miss – I'd never seen him miss so many fairways. And, yeah. Um, he still had that smile. He's still laughing. He was talking about the wedding and he's like getting on the tee, you know, like that's just, I reckon that helps people, especially golfers. You you get too hung up and too, um, you know, worried about your last hole or your last couple of holes. Yeah. Well, you're not, you've wasted the next three holes. That, yeah. And that, that's, you know, I'm relatively new to the game, but that's my takeaway so far is like, just get it out. Yep. And then just, it's yeah. gone. Like, yeah. Move yeah. on. You do. You have to move on. I think, you know, probably, you you would be much better than most at doing it as a professional athlete, right? You've got, yes. you know, you've got to do that. I think after every it, goal it, gets kicked on me, yeah. <laughs> which is which is not that many, mate. To be honest, let's be fair. You um, uh, but for me, right? Sometimes I, it's it's ingrained in golfers, right? I'm playing off twenty two or whatever I am at the minute, and it's like to I, I rock up to the course and it's like today's the day I'm going to break par. Today's the day, and it's like. You're not, mate. It's not like you know, deep in the recesses of your mind that it's not actually going to happen. But I, I think your point is, is is spot on because you know when I caddied for Mick at that time at, at uh, over here at Royal Frio, he would hit a couple of bad shots, and then all of a sudden he'd say, "I'll see what he got on this afternoon," and it was his way of kind of trying to forget about the shot as well. And it's just, it, it, and then all of a sudden, bang, he's back on. And I, I love that mentality side of it. It's, it's, it's so fascinating to me. So I'm glad yeah. that you, glad that you learned, uh, glad that you, you, you learned something as well. You played alongside Mitch Lewis as well, who um, ironically, you're probably going to play on at some point this year yeah. and you've played on last year. I mean, I mean, if you can be so kind to my beloved Hawks and, and our up and coming key forward, did you have a couple of quips to him about, you know, that you you probably tailed him up pretty easily last um, year. Nah, I, I, I know Mitch a bit now because he's a member. He's joined Peninsula Kingswood. He well, has. So um, we yes. play we play a bit together. And um, the first time I played on him, he got this mark in the pocket at the MCG, and I was I was like, you know, sort of who is this sort of young kid? You know, yep. like like you know, I don't know how good his set shot kicking is. And I said, oh, Mitchy boy, uh, this is your first tee shot on first north here. Um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> no, no. 
And it's a pretty narrow little tee shot. Yeah. And then he's just absolutely split the middle of the drop punt. Should have snapped it. And his drop punt, he goes, that's what I'll fucking do. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Mental note taken. Like, don't put Mitch off on his goal kicking because he just absolutely nails him. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's, a very good, he's a very good golfer. Like, yeah. He, he doesn't look out of place. Like, some of the shots he hits, some of the drives, he rips his driver and, like, he looks like a golfer. He swings like a golfer. Um, You know, we got – you know, all these footballers and um, different sorts of players um, playing in the event. And you can tell they're not pro golfers, but Mitch yeah. kind of looks like a pro golfer. So, um, no, nah, he's, uh, he's a good fella. And um, James Sicily just joined as well. So, play nice. a bit boys down at PK. Sis has dropped his handicap um, pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, I've had a, I've had a um, ridiculous January, mate. Like, I've at my last 10 rounds, I've averaged 36 and a half points. So, you, like that's just stupid, right? That doesn't happen, and and I'm well aware, I'm well aware that doesn't happen, right? So I'm not sitting there going, "How good am I?" I'm going, "What the hell's happening?" And how long is it gonna last? And it's come to an end now. I've had 28, 28. Back on the horse, thirty five today. Nice. I'm playing a four now, so bloody um, different game again. Like you said before, this is the day I would break par. Um, I've I've been saying that to myself a little bit. I'm like, I really want to break par this year as my goal. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. I just want to make par, not break par. I just want yeah, to yeah. Par. And sure. uh, today, but, I that's, shot, but that's achievable for you, right? Yeah. Well, I think like I birdied the first hole, and I'm just like in my head, like it's bad luck. You know, everyone says you don't want to birdie the first hole. My last two rounds, I birdied the first hole. I had 27 points. So like instantly, I went, "Oh no, what have yeah. I done?" Um, but I actually played pretty well. It wasn't for this double late in the round on an easy like par four. It was was. It was a terrible double, but um, you know, I shot ended up shooting five over, and I I felt like like I didn't play well, like I hit the driver shit, I didn't you know I didn't stiff any um, iron shots. It was just my putting saved me a bit, so I wasn't walking off the course going, let me play again, I'll shoot. But I was a little bit like I got away with one there today. Mm. Um, so that's what I found. Like my my golf's improving, and my bad rounds are still, you know, maybe ten over. Like they're not yeah. not you know, shooting in the 90s. So, yeah. Um, I mean, 10 over, most people are taking 82 any day of the week. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Hands no, up, hand up, right here. And that's what I would do all the time. I'd be like, turn over, I'll take that. That's awesome. And But it's just such an um, addictive sport where you you get you get lower and then that gets harder to achieve. And then when you achieve that, you know, I guess the dopamine you get from it yeah. is even higher. And now you're like, oh, I'm trying to chase that next one. I'm trying to chase that next one. So, yeah. Um, no, nah, man, it's it's going well, and I know it's going to come to an end with footy season starting. It like true. You cop a big. Who are we playing round one? We got the Sydney Swans. You know, is it round one or round zero? So opening round, yeah, opening round Thursday I'm, night. I'm confused. Yeah, and you, you guys in Perth probably don't know what's going on. Eh? It changes around a bit on the East Coast, which we change things whenever we want over here. Um, uh, yeah. I go for a Melbourne-based team, so, I mean, I don't really have much of a leg to stand on over yeah. here, but, you know. Uh, it was nice to see, though, um, on your Instagram today that uh, it, it's, it seems as though Christian Pataka is not um, a fucking god at everything, which is lovely yeah. to see. Um, I mean, I mean, he's obviously an elite footballer. He's got his cooking channel that's going gangbusters now. To probably yeah. he'll chuck the, chuck the footy in soon and... He'll uh, he'll take over on on MasterChef or something, but it was nice to see him top a shot. So yeah, was, oh, man. he he tries <laughs> to, human. I'm trying to help him with just he tries to hit every club to 300 meters, even if it's pitching <laughs> wedge. I said, mate, like you're you're a strong, powerful guy. Like you don't need to swing that hard for 
when it's a, just a wedge. Like, and he goes, yeah, yeah. He just nods, yeah, yeah, yep. And then as soon as he gets to the top of that backswing, man, he just rips <laughs> it as hard as he can. And um, I'll tell you what, he gets onto a couple of drives. Like the guy we played with today plays off scratch, hits a long ball and like on like the fourth hole, Christian was about, no joke, 30 metres past him. Really? And he was like, whoa. And I said, don't, don't worry, mate. He's not going to do that all day. Like <laughs> He's got a couple of them in him. And then he gets a four for four pointer, you know, wins the hole, he's carrying yeah. on. And then, then, you know, wipe the next hole. So, yeah. no, nah, he swings and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah, swings around exactly. <laughs> What's uh? I mean, I had an I had a note here just around the importance of PK for you because it does seem like you found a bit of a community there that loves golf. Obviously, it's big within the footy club as we've spoken about previously. But it seems like you know you're able to just go and play golf without probably the element of people being like, "Oh, fuck, I'm playing with an AFL player today." Like the people, I imagine people would know who you are. You're an AFL player, premiership winner, all Australian. You've you've got profile, but it seems like you're able to just go out, play with mates, play with other members, and it's not the whole like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk to him because I'm not sure about it. Even though, yeah, no, nah. you're a nice guy and you just want to chill. Like, so it seems like you found a really nice community there to take your mind off footy anyway for a bit yes mate no, no you, you nailed it like the the members like you, they know like they know who i am like i can tell when they're looking at me and stuff but they don't come up and will not often come up and like interrupt you when you're eating or come yeah. and like sometimes they do like when they've had a few wines and sure like, they come up and start talking and you think i've met this guy before but i haven't and yeah but like it's not it's not like they're very respectful if i play with them um i can tell if they know who i am um but they don't really bring it, talk about it until I'll sort of ask what they do, you know? And sure. Then, so they're just very, they're very respectful. In saying that, like I go and play at another club with you know, some of the other boys who've just joined some like, you know, more, more sort of public courses. And then you really, you remember like they come up here and they're stopping you on the fairway or whatever. Yeah. So, like, um, like even Christian today, like he's like a big deal, you know, he's a, he's a superstar of the game and he's a superstar in the cooking uh, aspect. Isn't he? Um, but you know, like, no one like come up or ask him or anything like that. The only blokes to come to the low were my mates who who hadn't seen him and like that's they're all I guess like at big golf clubs I suppose they're everyone there's like pretty much like if you're playing golf and you're retired you've probably done pretty well. Sure. Field, I yeah. you know what I mean. Like if, yeah. if you're a member at in like an elite golf club and and you're not working you you probably got a bit of coin and you've probably yeah. done something special in your own right. So I think they have that level of respect in terms of like they're not they don't feel like they need to harass you or humbug you but. Um, you end up playing a game with them and then you finish the round, you go in for a beer or something and then you find out he's the CEO of this company or they've done this. Or I'm just like, Fuck, I have no idea about any of that until we, all we cared about for the last four hours was our shots and are we going to win the hole? And yeah, then you come back and you're like, we're all we're all the same. We all just we all really only judge each other on our golfing ability. Yeah. And yes, I guess our sort of vibe out on the course, but <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have any idea what these guys do until, you know, you ask them or you see them putting their clubs yeah. in the back of this nice bloody G-Wagon and you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's he do? Like, yeah, yes, <laughs> so, um, yes. Oh, yeah, it is a great golf club, that's for sure. How's uh, Christian's cooking channel gone down around the club? Because he seems like the type of operator that probably doesn't give a shit about any any feedback that might be given to him. Yeah, he, I think he did early. Um, he was a bit worried about – and we were all a bit like, what's going on here? Like, this is a bit <laughs> weird. Like, he didn't really tell us he was doing it. It just popped up. Um. But now we're like, oh no, nah. like people love it, and a lot of lot they of people do. Than they do football, like it's a lot more common. Everyone does it every day, and um, he's smashing it, and 
Um, he's good too. I follow him. I'm like, yeah, he's Mate, I'm, got I'm, some good shit in there. Hey, we'll be in the recovery center or something doing ice baths and track. What should I cook tonight? Like, I don't even know what I feel like. And he's send you a recipe on your way home, and it's five ingredients, and you get it on the Mate. way home and cook it, and it's easy. And like, so no, nah, he's going really well. He's um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't care what anyone thinks anymore. Yeah, I love it. Um, I just think it's a bit like time consuming. It looks like he puts in a lot of work, man. He's putting videos up every day, so. I don't know if he, if he films a lot of them all at one one day and then release them slowly or but like yeah um credit to him he's putting the work in and yeah. certainly I'm getting the reward. <laughs> uh you've had two pretty impressive golf trips uh since we last spoke and quite recently to be honest. Uh let's start the Adelaide trip. I believe that was with some mates from PK as yeah. well. Take us through where you went and some highlights of that and I imagine, I don't know if it was boozy as the John Daly Cup. I imagine there are a few sherbets in there, but uh, take us through the Adelaide trip and then we'll get to Tassie. Yeah, um, so we went to Adelaide um, for four days. So we played three rounds. We played the Grange, uh, Kuyonga and Royal Adelaide. And mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to play Glenelg, but they just, they just um, did the green. So we didn't really bother with that. But again, it was, a, it was with the PK, few PK boys, so a few younger members who didn't have a lot of cash so we didn't like they didn't want to fly because it's a bit of, i don't know why the flights are so expensive when they get a hotel and all that so we decided we're going to hire a bus and drive oh, over God. stay in a share house which has sounded like a great idea and um we had two teams um tried to see how many beers we could drink on the way over so I, um, I drank i drove the first two hours so i knew my leg was done and i just sat back so the way there the way there was awesome it was a lot of fun um the, the golf was amazing we had two teams awesome formats we had the first day was just total team stableford so you had your cumulative stableford scores together so only one point was up for grabs like Ryder cup format and yep. then second day was two four balls so there's only two points up for grabs and the last day were four match plays one-on-one so the four points so is anyone's match on the till the last day which was awesome because that's you, awesome yeah you didn't feel like you were out of it or anything early like it, it was no dead rubbers it came right down to the wire and um, we ended up winning, which made everything better. Nice celebrations. and um, But the drive home, man, it was cactus. It was terrible. Everyone was hungover or like, you know, we were sort of over it. The, the losing team did, were a bit sheepish and the winning team was sort of, you know, we weren't going to keep bragging for eight hours in the bus. So, um, How long's the drive? Eight or nine hours. Yeah, that's... yeah so we, just, we broke it up a bit. Like we stopped somewhere at lunch. Still a know, bit too long. It is long, man. And then in a bus, in a like a bus wasn't that comfy. I'd, it's only an hour flight. So <laughs> think about it like that. Like, you should have met the boys there. I would have just been like, no, I was, I, I'll I was see us there. I was tempted to, um, when we won, just book a flight and let them drive home. <laughs> I just felt uh, better not. But no, nah, mate, the courses were epic. Kuyonga was my pick, I think. It was a yes. um, cracking course. Um, um, thanks to Paul Gale, got us onto Royal Adelaide. Good right. man, how he is, and he is. Uh, that was a cool experience. And Grange was Grange was cool. I found it like a bit easier than the other two in terms of like it was open. You didn't really lose balls. A bit tree lined. Yeah. Um, you know the party hole looked completely different. Like yeah, thinking, this is the party hole. So, There's no way this is that hole. Mm. And this is the house. So no, nah, it was it was cool to play. It was a great experience. Adelaide underrated golf courses. I feel I hadn't really heard about them. So yeah. Um, no, nah, mate. It was um it was a crazy trip. Um, and next year, I think, well, this year, I think we're going to do New Zealand. So there you go. You know, that will be lovely. Uh, you went to Tassie as well. 
Uh, King, uh, where'd you go there? King Island, Barnboogle. Where yeah. else was on the list? No, nah, just uh, yeah. So we um we played. Oh, we had our last sort of intra club match, and then there were eight of us D's boys. Um, and we went. Yeah, we flew down to Cape Wickham. Yep. Um, on King Island, and we played Ocean Dunes the first first day. Stayed the night, Cape Wickham the next morning. Unreal. Both courses are set epic. I've been there before, and we had great weather, which said a lot of young boys whose first time. They, I was trying to explain. They don't know how rare this is to have no wind or like little right. winds. Okay. Um, I shot seventy five at Cape Wickham, which was a bloody impressive. Uh, you know, last time I was there, I reckon I had nineteen points, and I was off probably ten or nine. Wow. So think about the chase, <laughs> but that's the wind. Like that's the wind factor, and doesn't matter, mate. And then yeah, we got straight on the jet, flew down to. Um, Barnboogle played Lost Farm and um, yep, the Jones and mate, epic. Like, it was just sport for like these young guys, you know, that are 18, 19, 20, they're just getting into golf. Like, they've just played like four of the best courses they can play, yeah. And like, <laughs> they don't understand how lucky they are. <laughs> um, and then they come home, and um, yeah, we had a we did the same format with yep. the uh points so the Ryder Cup came up the last day the matches ended up ending in a draw which was disappointing right um, there were nine points up for grabs and it finished four and a half four and a half um did you not have you did you go have like a, a hole mate, or something? Yeah, we'll, hey, so this is what happened this is the last round of four that four rounds so 72 holes the last three holes it was about a 50 kilometer head into into Boys were hitting. Yeah. It wasn't. They wanted to go home. It was at that point. It's like, look, <laughs> and I was because it would have been good to have a putt off or even yeah. go along to the Boog Run, a little par three course or something. Mm. That you could tell the boys were cooks and that had a gutful, but epic trip. Not seasoned golfers yet, by the sounds. Nah, of it. <laughs> uh, which which was better? Which trip was better from a golfing perspective? I'm sure in totality they've got their their wins, but South Australia or Tassie. I would have I'd have to say Tassie. Um, the courses were epic and um the scenery, like the the yeah. courses are, I don't know, have you done the King no. Island Google? Oh mate, it's so, on the list. Yeah, mate. They are just like they they sort of the, the terrain sort of almost untouched in terms of they just put a course through the natural surrounds and Imagine. left everything. Like there's no cart paths really that are that noticeable. There's no signage, there's you know, there's hardly any man made things. It's just Bracken and like thick, rough, and a lot of snakes. Um, so it's very dangerous. And but like you're along the cliffs, you're hitting over a beach. You're like there's, it's just unreal. Like the boys, the first few holes, I was telling them, don't take too many photos because the holes just keep getting better. Yeah. But you know we're at the clubhouse and they're taking photos, and I said, I did this last time. I'm I understand. They're taking yeah. photos, putting green. You know, the chipping green. I said, you wait till we get around that corner and you'll play five of the best holes you'll play yeah. in a row. So, um, no, I would, I, would, I would encourage that, man. And then um, and the restaurant there is amazing. The comms cool. Like, it's... Yeah, the whole experience, right? It's Well, it's on our agenda. We're waiting for Seven Mile Beach to open as well, yes. which I'm sure you're probably across. So, we're, we're eagerly awaiting that and we're going to have Matty Goggin on the show in a little bit to get the update on where that's at. So I'm sure he'll be a very popular man. His DMs will be lighting up soon uh, for people to get down there. But I I get the sense that it is, it's got that kind of golf destination to it that probably nowhere else really in Australia has that, right? Like it's, 
you can kind of stay on the premises and and whatever. Like last year, not too long ago, or this time last year, actually, I went to Pebble Beach. Didn't play because it's about a fucking million dollars to play. (laughs) And you've got to like stay on premises. And anyway, but like just the whole feel of being there is like, it's just so cool that you've got the accommodation and the course and all that. So I get that probably Barnboogles maybe a little stripped back version of that, but. Yeah, no, like, in the, like you can get the jet to fly to land on the like pretty much where they have a runway at the course, so you don't have mm. to fly into Launceston or anything like that. Yeah, um, you're literally straight out of the plane to 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 your accommodation. You walk straight out to the first tee's not far. It's like it's yeah, exactly. It's a golfer's paradise. It's set up for that. Mm. Um, How good and strongly suggest doing it. Yeah, you'll have to get the uh, WA leg. Uh, of your of your tour on the list at some point as well. Oh, mate, we did that when we were in the hub. When we were in the hub, yeah, we played. We played. We stayed of at Lake. Car- we stayed at um Joondalup. Yeah, so we played a lot of golf there. We were only that's the only place we could play while we were get quarantine. Um, yes, because you and then dirty, we dirty Victorians. Yes, we brought over the coronavirus. So um, <laughs> no, we are. I'm a reciprocal at Lake Carinup, so I played yep. there a bit. Was uh, on fire yesterday. What? Mm. What bushfire or the mm. No, a little bushfire on one it's of the so hot there. Yes. So oh, apparently a bird flew into a uh, power line and I don't know, must have caught fire and fell on the ground. So oh, it was all done very quickly. But yeah, yeah there you go. Well, WA golf, uh, you, you welcome back anytime. That's all my golfing notes. The only other thing that I wanted to ask you about was the Chicago Bears. That's what I had on my list here. You've got uh, your big bears, man. I mean, they haven't had the most success in recent times, and I can't really throw stones because I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. And I mean, Jesus, we've 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 got some issues of our own. But you've got the number one pick this Again. year, and it would it yeah. would seem as though Caleb Williams is going to be the uh, he's going to be the pick. He he has to be. He's a uh, he's a freak of nature. But uh, what are the Bears' prospects looking like? I um yeah, it's such a tough one, man. Like Fields <laughs> is starting to get going. He's you know, everyone loves him now. Like the fans love him, the management, like he's got good rapport with his receivers. Like mm-hmm. we need to beef up our O line and uh we need to get some edge rushes. Like we got sweat during the trade period last year and he's come in and just dominated. Like we got a lot of holes to fill. Mm. Um the only positive about like we've never had this opportunity to draft a generational quarterback so that's mm. i understand that i'm like but my ideal scenario which is probably not the smartest one more because i love field so much would be to trade out of one pick to about two or three and get a get a whole track get in a lot of shit like we did last year with the with the panthers mm-hmm. um and draft marvin harrison he's a generational receiver he's yeah. saying if we have harrison and dj moore and Cole Komet now starting to play well as a tight end. And we just load up on second and third round picks and we can just build the rest of our team around. The other option is in drafting Williams is we get a rookie quarterback contract. So we get that for the next five years or four mm-hmm. years. We get the fifth player option. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we've already have DJ Moore. We can still draft without, we still have pick nine as well. So we yep. can still take one of the other two receivers who are just exceptional as well. Like, there's so many options and I can understand as a GM, I just feel like like Fields has been set up to fail with like his first couple of years, man. He was running for his life every single yeah. time with yeah. no O-line, with no receivers. 
our defense sucks. Like it's just like <laughs> you just what, what do you want him to do? And yeah. um, you just showed when he had a little bit had a little bit going with the O line, a little bit going with the receivers. He he balled out. But again, I also understand the other. I know everyone keeps saying you got to stop sitting on the fence. I honestly don't know, man. Like mm-hmm. I just. I just think it depending on the trade offer for the pick, number one pick. Like if it's too, is something too good to refuse? If we can get a starter, a first round pick, a second round pick, and you know swap some later picks to move down two spots and get Harrison, I'm not going to be pissed off about that. I'm going to be nah. just excited. But if we take Williams and start again, like Williams, he could be he could just be a freak from like look at Stroud this year, like. Yeah, he's, and he's it's Texans, man. You'd say Bears, <laughs> you'd like to say the Bears are in a better position than the Texans, but they're not right now. They didn't make nah. the playoffs. So, um, mate, it's been grim. It's been grim. It and I'm thick and fat, and I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm really excited for the draft and trade period and free agency. It's um, I mean, I've got a lot more interest in in college football space than the uh than the NFL and. It's interesting because Caleb Williams was obviously oh, he kept USC afloat this year. Their defense was awful, but yet they somehow managed to be a, a you know an okay team. They would, certainly weren't the playoff team that they were expected to be. So there's clearly clearly some talent there, and everyone knows it. But he had a good line, and you got to have a good line, and which means you got time to pass the ball. And if that breaks down, then you can get out and run, and that's what he is. And if the Bears draft him and the O-line doesn't perform, then you're kind of in the same thing. So I I see yeah. your point because arguably Marvin Harrison is the best player in the draft. Oh, I mean, I yeah. could I would hear a case for that because he was phenomenal at Ohio State with, again, probably not like the most amazing offense going around this year. And he still lit it up every single time. He was dependable. So yes. I, I, um, I hear your point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you obviously love your your American sport. I mean, uh, there was um, one part that I wanted to touch on was around the media access into into uh, the American sport because journalists can kind of go anywhere, right, <laughs> in American sport. And I just I don't know if we are ready as a society to have all access journalists. I mean, what about like you're obviously a professional sporting person. Everyone hangs on every word you say, and I mean, obviously there was. Tea, uh, storm in a teacup at the end of the bloody best and fairest <laughs> last year where everyone just seemed to fucking blow up over literally nothing right yeah. like how do you like you know and roman brian like you see people like running away and stuff and i get it's probably a little bit of a joke but like that media actually it just doesn't seem like we're ready for people to speak them their mind and their truth and that just goes to our culture because i think as soon as anyone gets any good at anything they go no he's a dickhead no he's a flog it's yeah. that tall poppy syndrome right whereas you know you ask Caleb Williams about going out and throwing four touchdowns. He goes, yeah, I'm fucking good. Yes. It's like, can you, I would like pray, like I would feel feel for your DMs if you came out, had a blinder of a game. I went, yeah, I'm a fucking good defender. Like you yeah, would mate. get lit mate. up. Like, <laughs> like yeah. so I don't know. I'm just wondering like how, how do you kind of put all of that into perspective? Because, yeah, it didn't seem very fair on you at the end of last year. Yeah, well, mate, that's the thing. Like I, my own opinion was I thought – we had the list that could go on and win the flag. Mm. And I believe we had the best team. Like I believe that because I wanted that, you know, I was, I'm a player yeah. out on the field. you got to have that sort of confidence and belief. Otherwise, what are you doing out there? Yeah. And I, I made that f- heard at our best and fairest, which I thought was an intimate setting with all our fans and members and our mm. team. And then that gets shared on social media. And then 
I'm not I'm not respectful. I don't respect the premiers. I don't rate Collingwood. I don't rate anyone else. I think I'm I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you asked Harris Andrews in the grand final, does he think Brisbane would go all the way and think they're the best team? He's not going to say actually, no, I think Collingwood are better than us and yeah. we'll just play anyway. Of course, like, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to have some belief and um yeah, I just thought, wow, and I didn't even really I mean, maybe I could have said it a bit nicer but i wasn't exactly in a press conference i didn't you know i was no. just talking with our local mc and could you imagine um i played a good game um and this guy didn't play well and i said oh yeah i'm you know like you like jay alexander talks about the receiver he's not as good as like he'll never get catches on me imagine me saying that about key forward oh, he's no good he'd never kick goals on me like i would get the next time someone takes one mark on me i would get roasted massively in america go Awesome. Yeah. Go, go secure the bag, man. Go sign that big contract. You deserve it. You've been locking it. Like, it's just, it wouldn't work. Like, it just, yeah, it wouldn't work. Like, the media want this. The media want us to not be robots. Yeah. The minute we say something from the heart, we're flogged. We're not yeah. responsible. Our culture's bad. We're like, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, mate, what do you want? Do you want me to I go know. up there and say, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm going to focus on what's inside our club. Yeah. And, Rely on everyone to do their job and say the same boring shit you hear yeah. every week. Like that's not what you guys want to hear. Like that's what no. you Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm like I like yeah. I went to Japan and I just got absolutely destroyed on my phone. And I was like, oh, did you? I flew out the next day to Japan. So oh, I missed right. the whole media storm. But I was wondering why all these Collingwood fans kept commenting on all my photos. Like I posted your photo in Japan and they're just commenting like, <laughs> what? I was like, what is this about? And then my mates are like, gee, you really caused a stir back here. And I was like, oh, what? Because I didn't know that was like live or being released or anything. Sure. You know, but even still, like. It still wasn't like I just said. You know, <clears throat> yeah, but I don't think like, you know, obviously having a couple of conversations, like I don't think that you would probably necessarily change too much about what you actually said, even if you knew that it was going yeah, fully external. You, may, you like, may have delivered it a little different, but it's just yeah. like I look at those those sort of examples and I'm like, we are so far apart in terms of our sporting worlds to the US, right? Like we always have this aspirational of wanting the AFL grand final. We want it to be like the Super Bowl and we want it yeah. blah, blah, blah. And we want our athletes to have profile. But then it's like the second that they speak their mind or they say something that's not like straight down the line, it's like you're a flog, you know, straight in the DMs. And I'm sure you cop enough of that with, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I do, you know, everything. But how was Japan? I mean, you, uh, I mean, you and every other member of Australia seem to have gone to Japan in the past 12 months. Mate, Amazing. Mate, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> no golf, however, but um, okay. food, food's my favourite food. So I was in heaven for yeah. three weeks and I the bet. people, the culture, the how clean this place is, the respect. Oh, mate, couldn't recommend it highly enough. You'll have to go again and play some golf because I hear it's a very uh, interesting golfing culture. There is a full day of golf and you like yes. You to wear yeah. a blanket and stuff to the because I went to play one day. I didn't have a suit jacket. Yeah, there you go. Well, Mo, you do now, mate. You take your John Daly cup and you get yeah. <laughs> go. Thank you very much to everyone. But uh, mate, thanks very much for for jumping on, having a chat to us about obviously golf and NFL and a lot of other stuff as well. Appreciate uh, your, your time and your honesty and. As always, uh, it's it's lovely to chat to you, mate, and uh, we wish you the very best for the upcoming AFL season. I'm sure Marsh, you'll want you holding the Premiership Cup. Yeah, I'll. Uh, if my Hawks can't get it done this year, mate, which let's be honest, it's probably not going to happen. 
I'll be going for you, mate. So uh, thanks Thank very you, much dude. again, mate. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Have a good one, man. Good luck for your Peace. golf as well. Cheers, bro.